This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I'm your host, Zoe Forty, and I'm joined this week by The Mirror's royal writer, Jennifer Newton, because we are going to be discussing what feels like the 10,000th royal book we've had out in quite a while. Yeah, this year there's been a lot, yeah. There have been so many. So this is Revenge, Meghan, Harry and the War Between the Windsors, which is the latest biography from uh, Tom Bower. And it is kind of very much a bit what it says on the tin, isn't it? The name the name gives it away of the vibe of this book. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, definitely. As soon as I heard that this book was going to be called Revenge, <laughs> I think we all knew what we were in for. Yeah. It wasn't going to be a... A nice, happy read. No, it wasn't. And it has had, shall we say, a bit of a mixed review, but we'll come back to that uh, in a minute. But can you kind of give us a bit of a ba- bit of background on who Tom is? Because this is by far his first kind of piece of writing, isn't he? Yeah, so he's kind of known um, as a biographer. He's wrote many biographies in the past. He's also a former reporter for um, the BBC's Panorama. So he's obviously got background um, in journalism. And some of the subjects that he's tackled so far in his biographies have been um, Robert Maxwell, Simon Cowell, Richard Branson. And he has also written a royal book as well. He wrote one on Prince Charles and his attempts to recover his popularity a few years ago. So it's not the first time he's dipped his uh, toes into the royal, royal biography world. But yeah, this one was certainly eagerly anticipated. And there's some huge names as well and a real kind of broad spectrum as well you know politics showbiz everything like that and so yeah I I wasn't surprised when we heard that he was going to do a Megan one it seemed like quite an obvious subject yes um but let's quick chat about before we go because obviously I know you were actually on holiday when the book came out I was however so you read it whereas we in the office were reading it kind of really quickly to try and get through to write the story about it you you got to read it by the like on holiday didn't you read by the pool yeah I was on the beach that's the way to do it that's a lot nicer than (laughs) how I read it so what did you what did you think of it first off yeah it was it was quite a long book actually I know that's (laughs) that's a very simple thing to say about a book but yeah it was quite long obviously charted mainly Megan from you know her early days growing up with her parents and into a you know life as a job and actress then getting her big break on Suits and then obviously the story of um, her and Harry meeting and her introduction to the royal family and then uh, Swift Exit. Um, there was a, a lot in the book um, that we already knew a little bit. I yep. don't know if you, if you felt Yeah, no, I completely agree. There was lots of it when I was going through and obviously we were trying to think that, you know, the new lines yeah. that make interesting stories for the Mirror's website and yeah. uh, the Daily Mirror and Sunday Mirror papers. But... Yeah, there were, were bits that were new, but lots of it was old ground. But then I think that's just because we're kind of, we're royal losers, aren't we, Jen? Well, that's, 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 <laughs> we're not yeah. the normal reader of yeah. these kind of books because we know far too much about it. Yeah, that, that's that's very true. But I will say there was a there was also an awful lot in that we didn't know, mm. especially, I don't know how if you th- thought the same, but um, her very younger life, her yes. grown up, especially when she was an actress, kind of got started to you know get a little bit of fame um when she appeared on suits and that sort of thing some of those stories I hadn't heard before so that was quite interesting to see what he had to say about that 
Yeah, it's really nice, actually. And obviously, Megan's spoken a bit about her early days and the actress. It was the Ellen interview, wasn't she, where she spoke about climbing through, was it climbing through the boot of the car when she was on her way to an audition? And yeah, it was really nice to hear some of those stories as well. And I think for me, it made me appreciate a bit more the journey that she's come on. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, her dad worked in the industry, so she just walked into it and said, that's not true at all. She worked hard. Yeah. And, you know, I I could never be, you know... A, a wannabe actor actress because I just don't have a thick enough skin well no exactly and you know when you think about it she she worked I think the book kind of makes this point for pretty much when she graduated from college in America it was many it was it was a good 10 years before she even you know got the big break on suits she was you know in her 30s if not in her 30s approaching her 30s so you know her 20s were filled with you know Mm. having to try long hours auditions and rejections which is I know part of it but yeah yeah, no it wouldn't be that good but there has been I found it very it it was harsh on Megan in lots of places and which has brought it in line for quite a lot of criticism from some readers uh, who obviously take a more um a more positive approach to Megan whereas others have done so uh, for anyone who's not read it yet, obviously it's out now um, and there's lots to discuss and lots of kind of different points from it. But since the book hit the shelves last week, uh, Tom's actually done a few interviews, hasn't he? Including yeah. with OK Magazine, which is part of the company that we work for here yeah. at Reach. So what's, what's he been saying about it and kind of is there any extra nuggets he's given? Yeah, well, he has admitted in this interview that most of the people who helped him with his research with the book were people who were less fond of Megan, shall we say. He said he was keen to talk to like old boyfriends, people who knew her from her acting days. And we already knew this, obviously, Harry and Megan didn't have any input into this book whatsoever. Um, and it's not likely that any of their friends or people that work for them currently um, also talk to him. So I think he did. He definitely spoke to maybe, you know, people from one side of the yeah. story which say? I do think was really obvious because for me the complete the two comparisons to this were this book and finding freedom yes definitely. and they read yeah. so differently yeah, but we know the authors of that book spoke to a lot of Harry and Meghan's close friends and yeah. people that were very positive whereas yeah. this you know I think that could be fair of everyone anyone if anyone you could write a book about and there'd be two different versions yeah. my best friends in the world I hope would give a very different version of me than you know people that maybe I've had rows with in the past so yeah. it's it is interesting and it is yeah yeah that is but it's interesting yeah. that he said that and he admitted it yeah. which is yeah. you know and it's yeah. not a bad thing it's you no. know a way of getting to the truth yeah um but yeah okay that's really interesting yeah. was there anything else that you kind of picked up from those interviews yeah he did say that um you know even though the book is quite critical one thing that he was quite you know positive to Megan about was that you know she has been successful she has you know built a successful career for herself and she's somehow managed to assume quite a lot of power with within you know her role and um, she's definitely you know influential at the moment I mean people wouldn't ask her to come and you know speak at yeah 100% and stuff like that and he he says that he doesn't des- deny um, her success so yeah, yeah he has said that and even though you know obviously she's got a she was given a royal platform which yeah. is going to give everyone a success but she really hit the ground running she went straight into it whereas other royals tend to wait god sometimes up to a year before they really yeah. start using their voice and pushing the campaigns and the causes they want she did not do that she was straight in there yeah. which is amazing and it meant she 
was actually able to get a lot done because you know we sit there and say you know her flying visit to the royal family yeah. and she was only in the royals for a couple of years yeah. but she got a lot done in that time yeah. which I think is a real testament to kind of her you know how hard working she is and how driven she is and it is her career up until that point that probably you know gave her that drive yeah but um, right, so before we go through talking about all the issues in the book, let's just get the legal bits out of the way because um, obviously there's quite a lot of claims made in this book. So we will stress before we begin that everything that we say in this book, all everything in it, it is all kind of clay. It's Tom Bow's claims. Um, nothing has been kind of confirmed. You know, nothing is thing. It's all kind of from people he's spoken to. Um, Meghan and Harry were not involved in this book whatsoever. Um, and Buckingham Palace, Clarence House and Kensington Palace have all actually refused to comment on the book. We have been to them uh, to ask if they would like to add anything on the subjects that they have declined, which is which is it's not normal. unusual. That's no. what they would normally do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're kind of, you know, the the family motto yeah. sticking in, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, never complain. Now, talk me through what you took away as some of the biggest points. Was there any that really, really jumped out at you? I suppose one of the um, the biggest points that was made um, in the book that was one of the first things that actually came out during the time that it was um, being um, serialised was apparently the Queen's comment um, that she made on the funeral, on the morning of the funeral of Prince Philip, um, saying something along the lines of, thank goodness Meghan wasn't coming to um, the funeral. Obviously she couldn't come because she was very heavily pregnant with Lilibet at the time. Um, Again, like we said before, Buckingham Palace hasn't commented on these claims and there has been, you know, some sources close to the Queen questioning whether she would have made this comment especially you know she would have had so much going through her mind that day or you know in the days leading up to the funeral um, yeah Megan probably was not, not anywhere near her mind. mind but you know he he alleges that uh, the queen said on the day of the funeral thank goodness when she learned that Megan wasn't coming so yeah and that's interesting as well because that suggests that she didn't know you know surely they yeah. would have known before but yeah. maybe it maybe the decision about whether she would attend was a bit later than we yeah. we realised, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Um, now, the other other bit that I think came out mm-hmm. uh, that I thought was really interesting uh, was... Oh, I've got the wrong bit on my notes. I'm very sorry. Right, the crossover I was not expecting to read in a royal book mm-hmm. was Meghan Markle versus Victoria Beckham. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this line uh, that's kind of come from this is that uh, Victoria Beckham, which I'm, I'm assuming all of our American listeners know who they are and listeners around the world, but David Beckham is obviously one of the most famous uh footballers um well around the whole world and obviously victoria beckham posh spice as yeah. she was known to me as yeah. kind of a yeah, up, uh, yeah. yeah someone that grew <laughs> up in the 90s um obviously part of the spice girls now tom says that the sussexes were addicted to reading negative press coverage about themselves and they used to spend hours in the evening scrolling through social media scrolling through news reports uh, which is something they've actually said they haven't done before uh but you know there's been lots of contrasting reports about this um So the couple said to be worried that their close friends were leaking stories about them. And apparently, Meghan believed that Victoria Beckham was one of the people leaking stories or was, well, accused her of um, indiscretion. Uh, So Prince Harry called David Beckham to ask him what was going on. Um, Now, obviously, Harry and William have both been really close to the Beckhams over the years because, you know, he's been such a... He's involved in so many of their charities. Obviously, they're really involved in the FA um, and just... 
he's just a national treasure and yeah. he's you know he's everywhere that he's he's at lots of royal events yeah they both went to the uh, if, you, if you remember yeah Victoria of course and David yeah both were at, um both William they and went to Harry's, both weddings. Harry's yeah. weddings. Yeah. yeah. And obviously David's got an OBE. He got that back in 2003. Uh, so he was really close with all the royals. So Harry and David Beckham have a really strong, I'm calling him David as if we're pals. Yeah. <laughs> um, Harry and Dave um, have got a really close friendship. But apparently after this accusation that Meghan made, they had this really awkward phone conversation. And the line in the book um, was that it, where is it? Uh, yeah, Harry is very protective of Meghan and he decided to deal with the matter head on by directly contacting his good uh, pal. Quite rightly, he put Harry um, Harry right and the two men agreed to, move, agreed to move on, but it certainly made things awkward for a while. So it does seem that there was a bit of tension between yeah. the two couples, which is which is a real shame. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully, I mean, the book does say it, the two men agreed to move on. So maybe they've put that behind them now um i know megan has worn victoria beckham's um oh yeah of course clothes obviously she's a fashion designer in the past so hopefully you know maybe that's not an issue now but according to the book it was an issue at the time and you know it goes to show that maybe you know well as as what tom bauer is alleging that they the, the sussexes certainly were you know were reading a lot of stuff about themselves in the press whether that be good or bad and another claim that stood out for me, and this is something that's been discussed a lot over the time, is that Megan, um, that both that, lots of Megan's friends were concerned when she started dating a royal. Yeah. Um, which I think is fair enough. Yeah. I would, you know, I would be worried if one of my friends said, knowing that the fact that, you know, it, it, your life will never be the same again, you will be constantly in the spotlight. Yeah. But apparently, uh, according to the book, Megan snapped at one of her pals when she expressed her fears, um, mainly, you know, kind of, I think, being fed up of hearing it I suppose if you're getting it from every side you want to be excited for a new relationship exactly. don't you yeah so apparently said Gina save it um stop be quiet I don't want to hear any negativity this is a happy time for us yeah which again isn't I don't think yeah that I think sounds about right you know if you're getting every single person you speak to says no 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 and you're convinced this is your love of your life yeah then maybe I mean yeah I mean you don't know how many times earlier that day maybe that, yeah how many how many conversations how many similar conversations and you know what it's like yeah when someone keeps telling you something you don't want to hear exactly all she wants to do is talk about a nice together. date night the night before yeah. and be all excited yeah. Yeah. no I know what you mean what else for you give me an, give me another highlight for you well one highlight what well yeah I suppose highlight that I found quite amusing really was that apparently according to the book the palace were approving the scripts for suits Oh um, yeah. So this obviously because she carried on while they were dating, she carried on in her role yeah. as Rachel Zane. Yeah. And it wasn't until things got a bit serious that she quit and that's when she closed down the TIG and that's when I think we yeah. all started prepping our Megan and Harry engaged yeah, stories. Definitely. But yeah, so it was the times before she quit, wasn't it? Yeah, it was while while she was still on suits. Um I think they still had maybe a series or two of Megan of Megan being in the of, of of Megan being in the show to go and um yeah it said that scripts for suits were sent to Kensington Palace for approval and requests for changes were sent from London to LA and there were strict requirements for Megan's final scene now I don't know if you watched Suits I did watch Suits I watched Suits <laughs> I actually quite enjoyed I Suits I loved Suits and I I watched it before Megan yeah. was Megan Markle yeah and I really liked it and yeah. I must admit I probably would have 
I probably would have like cashed out a bit and it was only then because she was Meghan Markle and I needed to follow her for work reasons. Yeah. But um, yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. the final was the wedding, the wasn't it? The final scene was um, Meghan's character, Rachel, Marion Mike Ross. He was called, yes. wasn't he? Yeah. Mike. And obviously she was- I used to be- love Mike Ross. Yeah. My, I, was, I, I was a Harvey fan. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. no, not at all. <laughs> but never mind. Um, yeah. So, so the final scene was a wedding. Obviously she was going to be pictured in a dress and imagine if she was pictured wearing a dress. Yeah. You know, even before any, you know, talk of engagement. And um, it was said that she wasn't allowed to be photographed wearing the dress and had to cover it with a jacket in between scenes. So that, Which does what, make sense because even the clips of her in the show, yeah. were you, those photos were used everywhere. Yeah, they were. Yeah. 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 So it makes sense just to see her walking down the thing would have been, would have been different. But yeah, I thought yeah. that was really interesting as well. Right, Jen, talk to me about dinosaurs. The dinosaurs. <laughs> this was the bit that you weren't here, but... Um, my colleague who was going through the book with me actually burst out laughing when she saw this bit. It was just, again, not not what they were expect, not what I was expecting to read. No, not about Megan wanting to uh, be with the dinosaurs, but never. <laughs> yeah, basically, um, when Megan did move to London, obviously, when um, in the early days of her relationship with Harry, she became a big fan of the Natural History Museum in London, which I don't blame her for because it's... Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's and to amazing. go on a private visit yeah. would be the dream. Yeah, so... Um, Tom Bauer claims in the book that Harry arranged for them to visit the Natural History Museum after hours. So kind of like a night at the museum kind of date because, and this is what the book quotes, Megan wanted to commune with the dinosaurs in private. There you go. Why not? Why not? <laughs> if I'm you getting, can do it, why If not? you've got that royal, you know, pass, 100%, I would not be there with, you know, six school trips of children no, running around, exactly. which is what it does tend to be like. So yeah. no, yeah. fair play to them. I yeah. would fully be, yep, yeah, fully doing that too. One of the kind of slightly less positive uh, lines from it was that Harry changed his phone number uh, and apparently didn't tell the royals he was doing it. And uh, Tom says that this confirmed William's fears that Meghan was becoming a diversive agent. Um, So to please her, Harry had spit from his old friends and had even changed his telephone number without telling his family. Now, there have been loads of stories behind uh, before about Harry kind of drifted away from some of the friends he'd been and some of his really loyal friends that had been by his side since he was a kid because obviously you know that Harry and William are both really close with their Eton friends um but yeah the, the fact that he changed his number and didn't tell yeah you know didn't tell some of those closest to him I think is really interesting and, and really sad if it is true yeah because they're people that have helped him through some of the hardest times of his life yeah exactly it's just yeah I mean if yeah, like you say, it's just a it's just a sad situation that it kind of came to that. And I mean, it's no, I don't think it's any sort of claim anymore that there is a rift between William and Harry. I yeah, think I think I've just about say, stopped saying claims yeah, in stories now because I think it's definitely there. Say for certain that that is the case now, and it's yeah, it's just I don't think anyone can say no matter you know who you think's in the right or the wrong that it's just not a sad, sad situation all around. Now, speaking of uh, Prince Harry's uh, friends and people in their wider circle, one of the lines from this book that actually made me really like, me- well, I like Megan anyway, but really like her more, yeah. was that apparently in some of, obviously don't know who it is, um, but in some of Harry's uh, friendship groups or social groups, should we say more, yeah. uh, there were allegedly jokes about sex, like sexist jokes, jokes about transgender people and feminism. And Megan 
basically challenged them and yeah. said that's not okay you know you you shouldn't say that which I think is a really amazing thing to do and something we all need to do more of it I know I mentioned this briefly in last week's uh, podcast but apparently uh, the uh, conversations took part at a, of course at a shooting party yeah. in Sandringham in 2016 so this would have been really quite early on in their relationship yeah, on, yeah. so potentially even one of the first meetings because obviously they were doing long distance for a while yeah. um and the book says he had not anticipated Megan's reaction. Their jokes involving sexism, feminism and transgender people uh, ricketed around living rooms and dining rooms. Without hesitation, Megan challenged every guest whose conversation uh, went against her values. And so I really, this is something that everyone should obviously be doing. Yeah. And however, lots of us don't have the confidence which is completely wrong of us, but to say in a group of people you don't know, in a situation you're not as comfortable in, to kind of say, actually, I'm not happy with that. And it's something, obviously, you know, you know you should do and you try to do, but, you know, mine normally comes out with a bit of a, uh, I'm not really, you know, and yeah. it, you know, we need people to be challenging these arguments, challenging these these points um, and people just dropping these comments. Yeah. And to know that Megan does that, I think is really amazing and very on brand with what we'd expect from her, but yeah. nice to hear that, it, you know it's happened been happening for so long yeah exactly and I think you know in and this isn't in a in a bad way at all, at all. it shows kind of her confidence as well you know yeah. self-confident like she if she didn't mind putting herself out there to say in a group of people who you know you hadn't met before to say no this isn't okay this is not okay you've got to you know think about things before you you know make jokes about at the expense of you know these issues so, yeah yeah no, I think it was a really, a really nice um, point uh, in the book. Yeah. Um, and a couple of others that I mentioned on the podcast last week, because obviously we'd had the extract by the last time we spoke down and chatted. Yeah. Uh, keen for photos of her feet to be edited. Yeah. Again, another one I wasn't quite expecting to see. No. Um, but apparently when she was doing a kind of, this is again, obviously pre-royal, when she was doing some modelling shoots and she was wearing open toe sandals, she asked for them to be touched up post-production. Please, please fix my feet for me. I get slaughtered online for people picking apart my feet. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, it, if you've got everyone's got, yeah, yeah. Why not use it? yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it isn't, you know, one of the most beautiful women in the world. I just share everyone, everyone's got their little yeah. things. Everyone's got some hang that they're yeah, not, exactly. um, that they're not overly happy with. And yeah. no Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah, that I was, I'm a massive fan of Strictly. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was a, that was a quite a fun part of the book to read that. Yeah, she had to turn down, um, taking part in Strictly Come Dancing because obviously it clashed with the filming of Suits. Obviously, if you get far and strictly, you're in it for like what two? Three oh months? yeah, it's ages. So, yeah, it would have it would have clashed with her filming schedule for suits in uh, Toronto. But yeah, that would have been quite. That would have been so weird. Yeah. Imagine if yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of future princess dancing around that. Who would you have partnered her up with? Oh, trying it. Strictly's all about the height, isn't it? Which, yeah, which that's true. Which, um, do you? Uh, oh, Giovanni? Oh, yeah, that yeah. would have been a good one. Yeah. That was a very good shout. Yeah. Very good shout. Um, other lines that we had in this one uh, was another tense call from the Queen. Um, well, not involving, well, involving Meghan, but also the Queen and Charles. Yeah. What was, what do we know about this one? Yeah, so apparently, um, according to the book, as we said, um, the Queen and Prince Charles were left exasperated by um, Meghan's father, Thomas. Obviously, 
you know, we you'll have spoke on this podcast so many times in the past about the lead up to the wedding and, you know, the, how he couldn't attend because he's, um, there was this whole issue with the stage paparazzi photos, him apparently taken ill, having to be taken to hospital. It, it obviously ended up that he didn't um, attend the wedding. And then he started, you know, speaking to the press about different things. Um, obviously, Harry and Meghan didn't want him to do that. And um, yeah, apparently the Queen and Charles were left exasperated by his antics and, you know, kind of said to Meghan, you know, can you not just go and, you know, have a chat with you, with your dad, go to where he lives in Mexico and just kind of, you know, sort this out. Um, but apparently Megan responded, um, this is what the book says, it was com- quoted her as saying, it was completely unrealistic to think I could fly discreetly to Mexico, arrive unannounced at his doorstep to a location and residence I'd never visited or known in a small border town and somehow hope to speak privately to my father without causing a frenzy of media attention and intrusion that could bring more embarrassment to the royal family. Which I think is completely the, unfortunately, you know, however lovely it would be to see no one wants a family, no. not on speaking terms. But what we've learned from Thomas Marco in the months since the wedding is that yeah, he will talk about when she does make contact. So I, yeah. to be honest, my opinion of it is that if she had gone and had that meeting, we would know every single detail of it by yeah. now. And I mean, for the Queen and Prince Charles as well, you know, I mean, I know they said they were exasperated by his antics, but maybe they just wanted her, you know, maybe they just wanted her to, to build that relationship yeah with her father as well it's I think it's just it's just such a difficult situation all around for all concerned really um royals and the Markle family as well yeah and it does hope you know it does show I think that the royals despite the risks of what could come from that really did want Meghan to have that relationship with her father um you know there's been lots of lots of you know comments and that they just you know cut them out completely yeah. and we're like right she's she's one of one of one our of family now, now. Yeah. yeah but it, you know it does it is interesting to know that they were pushing for her to have that relationship yeah. with her dad exactly. um, and how important that is and having the support I guess obviously they know with the Cambridges yeah um with the support that the Middleton family offer not just Kate but also William, William. Yeah. so maybe they were hoping for a bit of that but yeah, yeah. very unfortunately very very different circumstances yeah uh, now, there's, again, something that's been mentioned before, but a bit more detail here um, is because, you know, there's been lots of talk. Megan said before that she didn't really know too much about the British royal family before, but some more comments in that which suggest that might not be the case. Yeah, well, I think, well, I definitely have seen it before. You probably definitely have as well. The picture of Megan as a teenager. Outside, the, outside, yeah, outside palace, the palace. Which, yeah. Which to some you could go, well, yeah, clearly she's a royal fan, but you know, on the other side of the coin, who doesn't come to London and you get come a to picture, Yeah, you come to London, you take outside, your picture outside that. Exactly. Yeah. Um but yeah, that trip um to London was with a childhood friend and um that photo was taken um just one year before the sad death of Princess Diana. And um, you know, Bauer, Tom Bauer claims in this book that um Megan, after this trip, rewatched a tape of Diana's nineteen eighty one wedding to Prince Charles and read a copy of Diana, Her True Story, the, you know, the Andrew Morton book, um, discussing the breakdown of her marriage. And, you know, the friend that she made this trip with said Meghan was always fascinated by the royal family and Diana's incredible humanitarian work um, with working with people who suffered from um, HIV and, you know, the, the really important campaign she did with landmines. So, which kind of, you know, contradicts some of the statements Meghan's made that she knew nothing about the royal family, that she'd never 
you know, looked into them, researched them, you know, Googled them, didn't know anything about Harry. So yeah, that's, that's another thing, isn't it? One person saying one thing and one person saying another. So yeah. And that in itself is in no way a negative thing. You know, Diana was an incredible woman that did so much that was an inspiration to so many people. And the fact that, you know, a a young, well, you know, Megan was a child at that point, looked at this woman, this, you know, kind of strong female role model is exactly what we'd expect from her and is an amazing thing. It's not, you know, it's just the fact that it is against the comments of her saying she never knew anything about the royals that makes it sound like a negative thing. But it's not, I think it's really lovely that Meghan, before she had any links to the royals, looked up to Harry's mum in this way. I think it's a really sweet link. And yeah, in any other setting it would be a really lovely detail but unfortunately as so much stuff does it just ends up with a bit of a negative yeah and ring to it I suppose as well Diana was such a big you know superstar not only in the UK but globally it would it would be a bit unbelievable to think that Megan had never heard of her or never read a story about Diana like that's just well that's just what my opinion but yeah it really yeah it, exactly yeah. it's it's a hard one and I think maybe that quote perhaps I always thought was maybe taken a bit too literally you know there's yeah. a difference between knowing who Princess Diana was and knowing she had a big wedding and did yeah. amazing charity work and knowing that if you're a member of the more fa- royal family you get followed around constantly yeah. and uh, everyone is quite obsessed with you yeah. um but there we go. Were there any other bits and bobs you wanted to mention? Sorry if you can hear paper, by the way. Dan's going to shout at me because I've, we've both got notes on the table. So we are <laughs> shuffling away to make sure we get all the all the details exactly right. So sorry, Dan. And um, was there anything else you wanted to mention or have we covered it all? I think um, one thing that we haven't covered, one pretty recent thing that the book mentions is the row, the supposed row over the Jubilee. And um, Oh, of course. Yeah. So... You know, it wasn't that long ago that, um, you know, we had the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. It was such a such a great weekend. So Harry and Meghan returned to the UK um, for the celebrations with Archie and Lilibet. And if you remember at um, Troop in the Colour, they had the normal balcony appearance, but was limited to work and royals only. Yes, um, and that com- that decision in the weeks before was a huge talking point, wasn't yeah. it? And this is when Harry hadn't quite decided if he was going to come home. And yeah. then the Queen put out the statement to say it would only be the very senior lot, which kind of meant that we, I guess there wasn't the decision about whether Andrew would be there and whether Meghan and Harry would be there. Um, but yeah, there was obviously lots of conversation about that and lots yeah. of people saying, well, if they're coming all this way, are we ever going to see them? Or Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, um, you know, Tom Bauer writes in the book that um, Harry and Meghan made a demand to appear with the Queen on the Buckingham Palace balcony during the Platinum um, Jubilee celebrations last month. But it was Prince Charles who reportedly opposed this arrangement. And over the weekend, um, you know, I mean, we were the same. We were keen to see them quite a lot at these celebrations, getting involved with the um, with the family. But we only really saw them um, that one kind of short public appearance at St Paul's Cathedral. And um, in the book, it says that um, festering was their fury, Harry and Meghan's fury, that the palace had refused all of their demands for a prominent role at the Jubilee. And he puts this down to the fact that um, in Meghan's view, those optics were unsatisfactory, partly because of her value to Netflix was to stand near to the Queen. But Clarence House has declined to comment on the book, so we'll never know. Never know. Prince Charles actually, um, if this happened and Prince Charles reportedly, you know, stepped in and said no. 
That's what there were so many reports about, weren't they? Because yeah. apparently Netflix wanted to get all this brand new content for yeah. this, all these TV shows that we may or may not ever see. And we're still desperately waiting to hear yeah. more on them. And obviously there's the, you know, I know we've got the Invictus Games stuff coming, but, and then we didn't really see any of it at all, um, which was interesting, but... I'm sure we will find out. Yeah. But yeah, overall, I think it is a really interesting read. Yeah. Um, it, as you said, has uh, has had kind of some mixed reviews, but lots of people are. It's so interesting. There's so many details on it, uh, as well as obviously focusing on Megan. It does t- touch on the whole royal family as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, both their kind of short time in there and what they've been up to since, which yeah. is really lovely. Um, yeah, so if anyone uh, hasn't read it yet, uh, this is Tom Bauer's autobiography. Oh, no, no, it's not his autobiography. <laughs> it's Tom, Bauer- Tom Bauer's biography, Revenge, Megan, Harry and the War Between the Windsors and you can get it online bookshops pretty much everywhere which is lovely now I'm gonna put you completely on the spot here sorry Jen um because I've also realized we haven't spoken about Prince George's birthday on the podcast yet because that was over the weekend and we had another photo didn't we another photo from Kate yeah lovely picture of George giving a big toothy grin which is really cute and I normally roll my eyes at these stories of you know, Royal looks like another family member. Yeah. Shock, you know, yeah. son looks like his dad. Yeah. But he did look a lot like William in this one, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> when you put the pictures of William yeah. as a nine-year-old boy next to George, you know, it could be the same. It could be the same boy, basically. It really yeah. was. I think it's like the teeth and the smile yeah. and yeah. he's got that blonde hair. It was really nice, wasn't it? Yeah, it was lovely. So that was really cute. And it was another one. Was it taken by Kate again? It was taken by Kate. Um, on a, It just said on a beach in the UK on a family holiday. So... Yet to know where they went on holiday, but wherever it was, it looked pretty nice. So, it did. Yeah. And it looked like a really recent photo, doesn't it? You know, kids yeah. are at that age where a picture taken in, you know, the Easter holidays and the summer holidays. Yeah. They've grown about four inches. So it did look like a, yeah. so maybe it was an early summer break. Yeah, possibly. You know, yeah, he had kids, a T-shirt on. Yeah, kids broke up from school, didn't they? Just a few weeks ago. Yes. So maybe, you know, they finished school and headed off for a little for a little break so yeah yeah, nice yeah very nice lovely well thank you so much for joining me Jen it was lovely to have a catch up thank you to everyone for listening this week as always we are on social media Twitter and Instagram at Podsafe and until next time Podsafe the Queen